Hello and welcome to Charity Chat. I'm your host, Rebecca Lafond. In this episode, we'll be talking to Neil Toussaint about the wonders of positive thinking. Neil wrote a book 25 years ago called The A to Z of Positive Thinking. In this episode, he goes through why he thinks positive thinking is so vital to our everyday lives, how we can all be a bit more positive, and how his book has helped change the lives of others. I think it comes at such an important time with so many horrible things going on in the world. Um, And so I think it's quite nice for us to take this episode to remind ourselves of all the positive things that are happening in our everyday lives and how us being positive helps make those around us feel a bit more positive too. This episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work For Good. Work For Good is a fundraising platform helping charities raise sustainable, unrestricted income from business sales. They are on a mission to help charities unlock some of the 2.3 trillion in revenue that SMEs make every year. They do this by making the contract side, the commercial participation agreement of sales fundraising easy. The platform saves fundraisers and charities valuable time, thousands of pounds in resources and legal fees and streamlined supporter experience and ultimately help fundraisers raise more unrestricted income. And now onto this episode, here's Neil. Hi Neil, how are you? I'm very good, Rebecca. Good morning to you. Good morning to you too. Um, so you have written a book, called the a to z of positive thinking and it's now Mm. its 25th anniversary and i guess for our audience um it'd be good just to know how you came about writing this book and what was the journey to get there okay it's uh it's actually it's actually in the book it's part of the book I, i was at a conference in york i used to work for a big train international training company and we had an international conference in New York, oh, probably about 26, 27 years ago. And at one of the breaks, I walked past a group and uh, they were our Swiss associates. And one of them said, life's all about living, laughing and learning. And I thought, oh, and I always carry a little notebook around with me. I thought, oh, that's a great thing. Life's all about living, laughing and learning. I just wrote it in my notebook. After the conference, I got home and I got a big whiteboard in my office and I wrote the words up, living, laughing and learning. A couple of days later, I thought, well, actually, there's a word missing in that, living, laughing, loving and learning. And so I had a good friend who knew Latin and I got, got it translated into Latin, revenge, resends and mans descends. And I, I made it my motto, life's all about living, laughing, loving and learning. Later, I thought, well actually how many positive words are there so i got another notebook down i've just started writing down every positive word i could think about because when i said the words living laughing loving and learning to me it had an energetic it it just felt very positive i felt uplifted by just saying living laughing loving and learning i thought oh there's there's something in this i started writing down positive words well (laughs) english was never my best subject at school so i quickly ran out of words in my head so I went to the bookshelf and I pulled down an old a concise Oxford dictionary that my parents gave me when I went, I went to grammar school aeons ago. 
and I pulled it down and I used to sit in the, well, I, to be honest with you, I used to sit in the corner of the pub with my dictionary and my notebook with a pint of Guinness and I used to write, go through the dictionary and after about three months, I realised there were only 1,705 positive words. And I thought, well, that's not very many. How many negatives are there? So then I went back and I started <laughs> looking through and I found out there were like five, that over five, nearly 6,000 negatives and only 1,700 positives. I thought, that's interesting. So then I, I wrote all the positive words down and I, I called it a list of antidotes to the poisons of negativity. And um, I was going through a little thing with my girlfriend at the time where at one point I was positive and the next point I was negative. And I thought, well, what's happened there? Actually, my mind shifted. I've gone from a positive mindset to a negative mindset. If I actually get the positive antidotes in there, I could switch this mindset. And that was really the the genesis of the book. I mean, it's a long answer, but <laughs> you know, I'm being totally honest with you, that's that's where it came from. Just me thinking, how many positive words are there? And let's use them. Because, yeah, every time you say them, you yeah, bouncy, blissful, brilliant and beautiful. It's got a, yeah, it, it makes you smile. Whereas you went to disgusting, depressing, despising, depressed, you know, it was, you know, it's, it, and the D's are actually the, the most negative words of all. It's, it's a completely different feeling to it. It's quite easy for us to, to throw out positive words, negative words, sorry, um, rather than positive words. Um, but I guess what's your what's your one tip for people that struggle to use positive words and use like positive thinking? I was actually thinking, because I, I knew you were going to ask this question, and yeah, no, I, I have an answer, but actually another one came to me this morning. It's all about exciting the negative. If you stop exciting the negative by giving it energy, it won't lead to the breakdown. It's almost like, yeah, if you have a, and a tap is dripping into the bucket, the drip will eventually fill the bucket. What happens with negativity is people keep on, it, the drip, 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 and they don't do anything to dissipate the drip. Is that making sense? Yeah. Now, I'm an engineer, and I know some, there's, there's something called resonance. If you keep on putting the same input in, at the same frequency, it will amplify. There's famous bridges where the wind has set up a resonance in the bridge and the bridge has gone into meltdown because of the resonant frequency. Well, if you keep on tapping in and giving the negative energy, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So therefore, you have to stop that. Otherwise, you will. Yeah, and <laughs> you look around and you know, the press and all you know, the leaves everywhere is full of mental health issues right now. It's about the constant drip of negativity and people need to find ways of negating that, displacing it, putting it to, to putting it to a side. Yeah, I didn't really think about it like that. But it, it does make a lot of sense. Um, and I guess, how has your view of... Um, you know, positive thinking changed since you first released the book 25 years ago? Well, I had to write a new preface for the book because, you know, okay. the original edition came out 25 years ago. 
And so this 25th anniversary edition's got a new preface to it. And so I sat down and I said, what's changed in 25 years? Well, a heck of a lot has changed. I mean, we've got the internet, we've got buying online, you know, websites, email, technology. Art. Yeah, a lot's changed in 25 years. Yeah, for some of us children. <laughs> 25 <laughs> years ago, you know, they went around. Now they are. So a lot's changed in 25 years. But funnily enough, not an awful lot has changed about people's mindsets. So nothing has changed. There is just as much negativity now as there was 25 years ago. And so essentially all I have is I have more knowledge and more strategies to actually help people to cope. So, I mean, that's I think that knowledge changes. So therefore, your knowledge and your perception, and your coping strategies, hopefully over 25 years will help you to deal with this. Mm. And um, I guess because you just um previously mentioned that there was almost 6000 negative words in dictionary but only 1700 and maybe this goes back to your um previous point of like giving negative uh, words energy but why do you think there's so many more negative words than positive words well evolutionary we're, we're, we're geared we're set up tendencies in our environment if I was coaching you right now and it was about your confidence and about your attitude and about you being positive, I'd say, Rebecca, look at the, you know, pick a wall that was plain and I'd say, look at the wall and tell me what you see. And every time I do this, everybody immediately goes to the edges, they see the stains, they see the blemishes, they see the marks, they see the chinks. Nobody ever says they see the wall. Mm. The wall that's there to divide that room from another, the room that's there to support the roof, the room that's the background of positivity, everybody immediately sees the discrepancies. Yeah. They don't see the positives that always merge into the background. And this is a great way of reframing this whole thing. But we are evolutionary geared to look for the discrepancy. You know, back to when we came down and we were on the savannah, you know, that quick rustle, that quick movement, that quick flicker, that quick sound, we're designed to, to pick up things that might be dangerous. It's a survival mechanism. And discrepancies are just the warning signs. But then yeah. what happens is people fail to see the wall of positivity that's in their lives. They're just picking up on the warning signs. And they keep on amplifying those warning signs and that eventually leads to the breakdown. Yeah, that's actually so interesting. Do you think that because we have like these built-in looking for negative things in our brain, do you think that society, how society is now sort of amplifies that? I think it comes down to choice points, Rebecca. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If people choose to keep on amplifying, if people choose mm. to keep on looking, if people choose to keep on giving energy, well, then that's the story and the narrative that will continue. Yeah. So it's actually, it, you know, it actually comes, you know, one of the questions you can ask me is how can people use this to cope? Mm -hmm. It's a strategy. It's the choice point. Yeah, The stimulus comes in. There's going to be an output. We in the middle get to choose which of those outputs. But if we yeah. just let it hardwire and let 
us be the victim of the circumstances, the victim of the situation, well, then we are we have no free will. So, yeah, philosophically, I mean, it's a huge question. And I, 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 it, there's, there's education in this. I mean, I'm just a lone voice out in the wilderness, written a little book that sold a few thousand copies here and there around the world. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a platform. You know, I'm not a big name. I'm not Elon Musk with a big platform to actually put the message out there. I'd love to. I mean, that's my dream is to give a TED talk on all this at some point. But yeah, yeah, we have choices. Everybody has the choice. And there's lots of examples in the book. I mean, there's quotes and examples. I mean, there's Victor Frankl's quote that we have, you know, any given set of circumstances, we have the choice. We get to choose. I do sort of think about the people around me and the ones that are, I guess, more negative, they do sort of always feed into that negative sort of mindset and the people oh that, they, they good, a good friend to... of, a good friend of mine said to me years ago attitudes are contagious neil is yours mm. worth catching <laughs> yeah that's quite good <laughs> um, but I, I guess it does sort of lead me into my next question is how do you say positive when like other people are being negative around you like how do you you know <laughs> Do you, do you want the honest answer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've talked to my wife about this and I said, my answer's going to be that. She said, you can't say that. <laughs> said, uh, Rebecca, to be quite honest, when I'm surrounded by negative people, my first yeah. reaction, I laugh. Really? I, I simply laugh because I just look. I was on a bus once going from Harlesden to Hayes. I don't know what, I think I was on a, I was going to go talk to a company about some of the work that I do. And there was these two girls in front of me. And one of them was banging on and on and on. <laughs> and a friend, bless her, turned around at some point and said, oh, Simone, your life is so sorrowful. <laughs> and I think that's what yeah, you have to do. I mean, People, if they get into that victim mentality, if they're going down the rabbit hole of the negativity, the only way to snap them out of it is to do some state change stuff. So <laughs> I'd be on, yeah, I do. If I'm around a lot of negative people, I laugh. Okay. I, I really do. Oh, yeah. I think that's quite a nice way to, to deal with it laughing. It's quite, um, yeah. Humor. Humor yeah. is brilliant. I mean, goes in relationships to humor if you get the humor back into a relationship it's i mean I, all authority that's suppressive has to be laughed at it has to be lampooned at some point what's your favorite story from someone that's read your book Oh, it's got to be one of the quotes. Um, there's a woman called Constance that picked up a copy of my book years ago. And she wrote to me. And uh, shall I just read it? It's probably yeah, going to be. Yeah, yeah. So she said, I know you will rejoice in the transformation your book brought about in the daughter of a friend of mine. She was 40. Her marriage was on the rock. Her children were neglected. She had a wretched job. She was overweight, ungroomed, and uncouth. So this is you know before Constance gave her the book. 
She popped in to see me last Friday. Had her son not been with her, I would not have recognized her. She was full of light, beautiful, well-groomed and happy. She has a wonderful new job and is considered the best. She is interested in and caring for her children. She has lost shed loads of weight. She told me two years ago you gave me a small yellow book. I read it three times and decided I would do what it said and have done so faithfully ever since. Every morning I'm getting out of bed, I go to my bathroom mirror and tell myself I am loving, beautiful and successful. The results have been quite dramatic. A wonderful transformation, Neil. Thank you, Constance. I mean, that is, that, I mean, that, that is, you know, the book's gone out there. Somebody's picked it up, given it to somebody, and that's a sort of feedback. And you know, I've got other stories like that, but that is my, that's my all-time favourite. That's amazing. I mean, I was, I was, when I got that, I was humbled. I went, whoa! I mean, I, I felt really funny for a while. I went, oh, geez. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's out there and... Yeah, I've met people in the street that have been carrying it around for years and they've got battered copies. And, oh, wow. Yeah, it's not, I mean, I did. I, I, I think the, the halcyon moment was when I was on the tube and I saw somebody across the aisle reading it and I went, yes! <laughs> if you were to write your book again, what would you change and why? What would I change? Probably not a lot. Um, I'd love to do some research in other language languages. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, I did, and I think there's probably a PhD sitting in it, in this if somebody wants to take up the challenge. I had a German guy come to me and said he wanted to do a German edition, and um, he went away. And I said, "Well, you have to do the research." And he, he came back a year later, <laughs> and he said. Neil, I am not happy. <laughs> I went, why is that, Peter? He said, we are not as positive as you English. <laughs> and funny enough, I mean, and we did get a German edition going with a um, uh, a German um, trainer called Vera Beckenbauer. And it's, it's still, I still get royalty checks from Germany, actually. And essentially in the German language, they were only, I think, in the English language, 5% of the words were positive and over you know, nearly 20% were negative. In, in German language, it was 1% or 2% uh, were positive. Now, he did use a bigger dictionary, and you've got to think, you know, positivity and negativity, it's, it's, it's an adjective, it's a, descript, it's a, descript, a descriptor, isn't it? Hmm. But funnily enough, they weren't as negative. There wasn't as many negatives. So, but what I what I sensed was the German language, which emotively was just flatter. You know, emotively, it's a flatter language. It's more boom, 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 boom. It's more more cognitive. It's it's a yeah. flatter emotive language. I did some quick preliminary research in Spanish, which of course is a romance and it's a very you know, it's it's a very descriptive. I found the opposite. There were much more. So I know there's a PhD sitting in here somewhere for somebody that wants to do the, wanted to look at the linguistic qualities of different languages. Um, I've, obviously, I'm just English, so I've done it in English, I'm afraid. But I, I think that we, if I could, I would like to get that research done. Yeah. 
I guess my question is, what's your favorite string of positive words? And how do we go about finding our own like string of positive okay. words? Well, <laughs> funny enough, when I was researching, the ones that jumped out at me that made me laugh the most and that I used the most were happy, healthy, horny and holy. And people go, you what? <laughs> but again, it would capture their attention. It's positive. So th that literally is my favourite one, happy, healthy, horny, holy. But then, of course, the seed one that's got it going, living, laughing, loving and learning. Um, yeah, that to me, that's my, if I have a day where I've lived, I've laughed, I've loved and I've learned something, I've had, I've had an excellent day. I forget to the end of the day and I have I can't tick one of those words off. Well, then there's been something awry that day. Yeah. And you, know, you go into the book and I've, I've alliterated quite a few of them. So like dancing, dynamic, desired, collected, colorful, calm, fun, friends and fame. Yeah. I've, you know, glowing, glittering, glossy and generous. I just challenge people, once you start reading it, you'll find the words that you want will jump out at you. you know, there will be a, you'll read a word and you go, oh, that's a word for me. Mm. And I would just say to people, just write them down and eventually you'll come up with your own three or four. Okay. You know, it's a process, a process of discovery. You know, what, what, and what will happen is they'll change. You know, over time, you know, at one point in your life, those words will be critical. At another point in your life, those words will be the critical ones for you. I, I'm a great believer that when you hit the right button, what's right for you, you'll get what's called a felt body sense. Something will you'll go, oh, you'll shiver or you'll shake or the hairs on the back of the neck will go up or you'll get a little, oh, yeah, there'll be some something will energetically happen to your body. And when you read the words, you'll get that energetic pulse and you go, actually, that word resonates for me. That's I've got to focus on that. And, it'll, and hopefully it'll make you laugh as well, make you chuckle. My question is, have you always been a positive person or is it something that you've like learned over time? I became aware of it when I was about, I think I was about 10 and I was in the kitchen. And my mother turned around to me and said, Oh, Neil, stop walking around with your head in the clouds. <laughs> and I turned around to her and I said, no, mum, my head's not in the clouds. It's above them. And she looked at me and she went, what? I said, well, it's always sunny up there. <laughs> and I think that's when I became aware that I had a a different attitude to some of the people around me. I mean, I, that's that's my first awareness. How do you think being an engineer has helped you become a positive thinker? Um, well, as an engineer, um, you learn how to fix things. You learn how to look at things and how to fix them and um, improve things. You know, you learn how to innovate. Uh, you learn how to sum things up, make instant decisions, and then get on and do it. And Going to university taught me how to teach myself. So I think if you a free thinking individual where you were the architect of your own destiny, well, you're going to be more positive than if you're at the effect of things. And so 
I've always thought, well, actually, if you can do something about things and make things better, there's got to be a better way of being than being <laughs> waiting for somebody else to come along and do it. So I think that's the the positive side of being an an engineer from from my perspective. And I guess when I sort of wrote that question, I was because my brother he's training to become an engineer, and I was just sort of thinking. There's so much creativity that sort of has to go into, I guess, finding solutions and and working things out. And I was thinking maybe that could, is also a thing, like the creativity side. Yeah, it's um, it's about you'll find that if if we go back to one of the one of the frameworks, I'd love to to get uh, more widely known. It's this movement from dependence to independence. Mm. When you're dependent on somebody, well, then that's going to be high a high-maintenance situation, isn't it? You're always going to be reliant on somebody else to give to you. It's, 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 uh, a friend of mine said to me years ago when we were looking at the difference between the glass half full, half empty, positive, you know, being positive, you know, are you optimistic or pessimistic? He said, Neil, it depends entirely on whether you're drinking or pouring. <laughs> mm, and yeah. I thought, well, actually, when you're pouring, you're giving. When you're drinking, you're taking. And a taking energy is a dependent energy, whereas a pouring energy is a giving energy. And it's the difference between being optimistic and pessimistic. A pessimistic generally wants things to be given to them. It's an inbound reliance on a system to give, whereas an independent person prepares to make something to give. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. And I, there, there's something in that framework, that mentality, which, yeah, there needs to be more education, that the more creative you can be, the more that you can create, the more you will have to give. Whereas if you don't do something, you know, I mean, you're younger than me, but many, many years ago, Norman Tebbett said, get on your bike, pull your socks up. It's that mentality of making things happen is much more empowering, much more positive than waiting for things to happen and be given to you. It's the first thing about getting from dependence to independence, which is a higher state of being, a higher, a higher place to be. It's contingent on one critical factor. It's about responsibility. If you can teach people, if you can educate people that actually being responsible for yourself will make you more independent, it will take you further than being irresponsible and waiting things to be given to you. I mean, it's a massive question. It's a, it's an, and it's, it has to be at the heart of education, to be honest. Um, how can charities implement aspects of your book in their everyday practice? The word charity actually comes from a Latin word meaning love and kindness for others. And um, that's a very positive starting point, isn't it? Mm. So the fact that you work for a charity, that's a very empowering. I mean, the, contextually, you're working for something that's about love and kindness. Does everybody that works for a charity remember that? So everything's built on positives and diminished by negatives, and it requires work to go against the flow. 
if things are left to their own devices, hot will become cold, high will fall down. The natural energy of things is to diminish and go. Therefore, to become positive is to take responsibility to put work in to go the other way. Thing is, most people want to go with the flow because that's the easy street. It takes work and energy. So therefore, being positive takes energy. You've got it doesn't just happen. You have to put the work in, which means you have to take responsibility. So it's that constant input of positive energy that changes things. I always think when you're first starting uh, working for a charity or like starting up a charity, there's always so much positivity there. And um, I feel like when you've been going for a long time and when you, you know, you're, you're really trying to get a project up and running and there's so many obstacles and you, you don't know if you're going to be able to do it in time and it's going to have the right effect and you're not able to help everybody. I think that it does sort of, yeah, sort of diminish the positivity of it. But actually... I think we do have to remember we are still doing like great things and yeah it's, it's getting back to your purpose isn't it you know no why no way if, you know if you don't know why you're doing it and yet you have to answer the six questions of life which is what and why and when how and where and who mm. so you have to know why you're doing it you need to know who you can get involved that's kind of like the emotional quotient that's the glue that's going to stick you to it there has to be a where you're going and when you're going to get there. There has to be a directional component. And then there has to be the boring bit, which is all the thinking and the process. But it's the boring bit that makes it happen. You know, it's the strategies and the tactics and the planning. But it's the why and getting other people involved that has the biggest energetic lift to, it, to any project. So mm. Just have to remember the why. And if you're a charity, what love and kindness for others? Well, there's your why. I'm here. It's all about love and kindness for others. It's a relentless process, Rebecca. You've got to keep on. You've got to keep on putting in. Thank you so much for you know giving us your time and helping us inject some positivity into our lives. I'm delighted. I'm uh, I'm looking for help. Help me spread the word. Big thank you again to Neil Toussaint for that really interesting chat on positive thinking. I really liked his point on choosing to see the positive because sometimes I know from working in charity we care so much and we sometimes just get caught up on the negative things that are going on or the things that aren't quite working exactly how we want but actually sometimes I know for me anyway I need to take that step back and look at the big picture and see all the good that we are doing and and the change that we are making even though sometimes it feels that we're not quite doing enough. I also really loved his story about the lady that read his book and it changed her life. It does sort of show that one little change can have such a big impact later on and it's just so important for us always to you know, try and make those little changes. Interesting, but I guess not surprising, is um, Neil's point on there being so many more negative words in the dictionary uh, rather than positive. And I think it sort of shows that we all need to probably think a bit more about the 
choice of words that we use and and try and include more positive words in, in everything we do and find our own string of positive words that we can use every day and hopefully that can you know help bring a bit more positive bit more positivity not only to our lives but to um the you know the lives of those around us too so thank you so much for listening to this episode and we really hope you enjoyed it and continue to enjoy the podcast we'd love to hear from you either way it's just left now for me to thank our corporate sponsors so this episode of charity chat has been brought to you by a platinum sponsor work for good work for good is a fundraising platform helping charities raise sustainable unrestricted income from business sales They are on a mission to help charities unlock some of the 2.3 trillion in revenue that SMEs make every year. They do this by making the contract side, the commercial participation agreement of sales fundraising easy. The platform saves fundraisers and charities valuable time, thousands of pounds in resources and legal fees, and streamlines supporter experience. The ultimate and ultimately helps fundraisers raise more unrestricted income. Thank you also to Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit. Magda Axamit for our beautiful website. Check it out at charitychat.org.uk. And Forest of Fools for playing throughout the show and for playing us out now. Thank you so much. Bye.